Welcome to Nurture Small Business, creating a thriving space with your host, Denise Kagan. Denise is the president of DCA Virtual Business Support and has been a business owner for almost 20 years. DCA Virtual Business Support provides small businesses with an expert pairing of virtual administrative and marketing assistance to match your needs. Learn more at dcavirtual.com. Today's guest is Chuck Cooper, the managing partner at Whitewater Consulting in Charlotte, North Carolina. Throughout his career, Chuck has been involved at the ownership level of several small and mid-sized companies. He also has extensive working experience in the PEO industry. Chuck's passion is working with the leadership of small and mid-sized companies, helping them design and define HR strategies that eliminate the fear, uncertainty, and doubt that they may have when it comes to solving their people problems. Welcome to the show, Chuck. Thank you, Denise. It's great to be with you today. Thank you so much. So first, I'm going to ask you a little bit about your, your background, but tell me, PEO, what does that mean? PEO is a uh, the acronym for Professional Employer Organization, and there are about 450 of those companies scattered across the U.S., and they basically, what they do is they provide a, a fully comprehensive uh, HR solution for small and mid-sized companies, so they ultimately become an HR department for small business. Okay. We're going to come back to PEO. I want you to first tell me a little bit about you. So you had told me that your dad gave you some entrepreneurial learning lessons when you were younger. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. So I grew up in the Midwest. Uh, We grew up in Illinois and my dad grew up on a cattle farm and uh, spent many years in that business. And and it was a great experience for him. So as his two boys got to the really about middle school age, he decided that we needed a project as well to keep us busy and uh, teach us some life lessons along the way. And so we uh, we actually started to, uh, we went to Oklahoma for a uh, vacation and uh, we purchased some uh, some dogs while we were there. So we bought uh, four dogs, brought them back to Illinois. And over the next 12 years, uh, we grew that business from four to where we typically kept about 150 dogs on hand at all times. And we would sell about 250 to 300 each year. So were these like cattling dogs, cattles? I mean, I don't so know what the, you call them. <laughs> so so the, the, these dogs, the breed that we bought were uh, English pointers. So these were actually hunting dogs. So we would use ah. them for, for quail and for pheasant hunting. And okay. uh, and we sold them you know, all over the U.S. In fact, we sold uh, the furthest and the best experience we had with that. Was we, in the middle of the night, we got a phone call from Japan and a guy was interested in buying one of our dogs. So we ended up selling a, a dog at that point. For, you know, this was back in, gosh, the 1980s uh, for, for a little over $10,000 in the middle of the night. So it was a, a fun experience. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Japan's like 13 hours ahead of, of East Coast time. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, this is this is so interesting. So, yes, go dad. He definitely did give you some good lessons there. Well, you know, we learned so much going through those years. It, it taught us really about how to deal with people, how to handle money, um, how to make investments, where to make investments. And, you know, also taught us um, some areas where we uh, we made mistakes and we learned from those mistakes along the way. So it was just a great experience. I wish I could have uh, passed that along to my kids. But if it's a little bit difficult to do living in Charlotte. Understood. So, So did you start your company in Charlotte? So I started Whitewater Consulting here in Charlotte. Uh, my wife and I moved here in 1999 uh, from Illinois, and uh, we, neither one of us had jobs at that point. And, and I actually took a position with a company called Insperity, 
um, uh-huh. at that time and worked with them for about 12 years. And so I've spent about 15 years in the PEO industry before uh, getting out and and really you know starting the business that I have today, which is Whitewater Consulting. How interesting. I moved to Charlotte in 1999 as well. Totally different career path at that point. I was not a business owner. I worked with Coca-Cola. Um, okay. Yeah. And I, I only recently moved from there. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yes. Coca-Cola is a great company. Obviously, they got great leadership here in Charlotte. Yeah, I learned I learned a lot there for sure, for sure. So, so you came to Charlotte in '99. You started your company. I know there's a great big Whitewater Center there. Does that have anything to do with the name of your company? Well, it's, I guess I really had not given that much thought whenever I came up with the name, uh, but it has certainly played to our advantage of people recognizing uh, Whitewater, thinking that we are affiliated with the Whitewater Center. The, the truth is that um, I was, as I was considering starting the company, I was trying to come up with a name that I could actually resonate with and, and also have a story to share along with that to kind of get paint a picture at the end of the day for, uh, for my clients. So as I've thought back over my years, um, I quickly recalled a trip that four of us took to Canada where we were on a, a three-week canoeing trip. Where we did not see anybody for the full 30, full, full 21 days. However, nice. as part of that process <laughs> and going that journey, uh, we were literally, we didn't have technology at that point. So we were reading paper maps along the way through the, the <laughs> lakes and the rivers. I remember we, those days. <laughs> <laughs> and we thought that we were coming up to a, uh, a set of uh, dual rapids within the, uh, within the river. So I'm in the front canoe with another person and we're going through, we went through the first set of rapids with no issues at all. And then as we're approaching what we thought was going to be the second set of rapids, it was actually a waterfall that we were coming up on. And so we were scrambling at that time to try to get out of the, uh, the swift moving current to get to safety. And we were struggling and not making progress at all. And I recalled the gentleman in the second canoe basically very calm, very confidently giving instructions to both myself and to the partner in the boat on what we each needed to be doing uh, to be able to get out of the current. And so in a matter of just a couple of minutes, by following his instructions, we were after we got out of the current and reached safety. But it just, it taught me at that point, just a couple of things. One is having the actual real life experience on how to deal with turbulent times was really, really important. And then how you go about communicating those instructions and providing that guidance to other people was really important as well. And so I wanted to basically become the guy that was in the second boat with my clients to be able to help them maneuver the, the white waters of, of being an employer. So you are the whitewater instructor, essentially. Correct. <laughs> in, the, in that story. In that story, correct. <laughs> so so yeah. tell me, true. so what does whitewater um, consulting do? So we are ultimately a business consulting practice that specializes in HR for small and mid-sized companies. And what we really, our mission is, is really to be able to empower our um, the employers that we work with and their HR practitioners to really drive them toward a more uh, positive culture within the organization and also help them uh, focus on improving their financial results. But, and we do that by helping them really automate processes and people uh, processes that will help alleviate a lot of the, the uh, tasks that they're ultimately responsible for as it relates to being the employer. So things from a compliance and from recruiting and talent acquisition, 
from really providing comprehensive benefits. Those are the type of things that we actually help our clients walk through. And ultimately, by doing that, it allows our clients to remain focused on the growth of their organization and taking care of their greatest asset, which is their people. So can you give me a recent example? Examples, I I heard what you said, but sometimes the examples just make it so much clearer. Can you give me an example? Um, And it might be one or two examples, but I'd like to see something in relation to the automation and something, you know, that maybe might have created some cost savings for your clients. So as I think about that, I mean, there's, we did about three different case studies from last year, but there's another situation or another opportunity that came about in summer of last year where a company had about 75 to 80 employees. Uh, As we met with their leadership team, their uh, turnover was extremely high. Uh, They were also having major issues with regard to employee morale, uh, employee engagement levels were spiraling, and and also the performance of the organization was really suffering as well. And so we were able to come in and really just by starting off with having good conversations with the C-suite, finding out kind of where their gaps were and what uh, what they felt like the challenges were. And then we met with some of their managers and then ultimately met with some of their employees to really give us a comprehensive look at what was going on within the organization. And really what we learned was that there there wasn't anything significantly wrong other than the fact that it was people related. And so they had a couple of managers that were really, they needed some additional training. uh, And in in one situation, they really needed to replace the person that was in that seat. And the second thing was, is that they had within their workforce, they had about five generations of people that were made up their their workforce. And so the some of the benefit packages that they were offering didn't really meet the needs of, of each of those generations. And so the employees were voicing concerns and they felt like they were not being heard. So what we were able to come in and do was basically put together a strategy and, and help the client to be able to re- recognize that their, their managers needed some training. We provided them the resources for those trainings, but we also helped them with regard to the benefits to where the, the baby boomers felt like that they had the benefit offerings that would address their needs. And yet the millennials that were part of the workforce, they also had benefits were being extended to, the, to them at that time that really felt like addressed their concerns that they had. So it really, it kind of brought everybody together. They felt like they were heard. They felt like their needs were being addressed. And by doing that, it just improved the employee morale. Uh, and by impo- and, and helping to improve that, it really um, drove the employee engagement numbers where they were actually buying in and became much more passionate about the work that they were doing. Uh, and so that ultimately led to lower turnover and a higher performance on the financial side. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I was going to say that was definitely a productivity <laughs> boost. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it then really, course, and yeah. it's just really some small tweaks is all it really took. And, and that's interesting because, I mean, some some companies get to the point where they feel like, oh, it's a huge, massive change. And it may or may not be. So a couple of things have come out of that. And I'm trying to figure out which direction I want to go because I've got a lot of questions for you at this point. So. You mentioned the generational differences in, in, can you expound on that? Like what, what benefits did attract the boomers versus the, the millennials? And then now you've got Gen Z coming in too, which are much younger than the millennials and they have different ideals as well. And that's one of the great challenges that uh, the small and mid-sized business owners and leaders are having today. 
uh, is really trying to understand is to really, I think, you know, trying to be agile enough to be able to handle each of these situations, each generation to be able to meet their needs. And I, I, you know, I, when I think about it though, Denise, I'm not sure that the job of a entrepreneur is to try to please everyone, you know, that's on their workforce, but it's really to try to create the culture and the environment around those employees that they can plug into, that they buy into, that they feel that sense of pride and that, that happiness and the, the fulfillment that comes from that. But when it comes to the benefits piece, I think when you look at the, the baby boomers, so those are the ones that are approaching the retirement age that have got a lot of years of experience. They're really looking for a benefit package. Oftentimes, it's really going to help ensure that if they have something happen to them health-wise, that they're not going to have a large out-of-pocket expense so they can con- conserve those dollars for the retirement phase. Whereas when you've got the uh, the Gen Z and the millennials, a lot of them are coming into the workforce with a lot of student loans. So th- mm. And they very rarely will they ever go to the doctor at that point because at that age, we all I'm feel young, like we're I feel up. great. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we don't have a need to go to the doctor. Right. And so it's really looking at being able to expand the core benefit package where we oftentimes will just provide one or two benefit or health offerings that will just be applicable and offered to everybody. That doesn't meet the needs anymore. So even though the baby boomer may need that that low deductible, low out-of-pocket plan, the, the millennials and the Gen Z are looking for a high deductible plan that has really covers their, you know, their kind of their maintenance. Uh, if they need to go just to get an annual physical, something like that, that's covered, but everything else is really going to be at a higher out-of-pocket cost to them. And that allows them to have a lower premiums and also allows them to have an HSA account where they can plug, you know, push additional dollars into that account for savings for later on. The one other thing that we add to that package is a lot of times companies and the employees are not utilizing the PTO that they have available to them. And so there's a company that we partner with called PTO Genius out of Florida, and they have a platform that allows the company to be able to, uh, I'm sure, I'm sorry, it allows the employees to be able to sell back part of their unused PTO to generate cash that they can use then to, to buy additional benefits that are being offered. And so that gives the flexibility for a boomer. If they want to buy long-term care insurance, they can do that. Mm. The millennial, they have student loans. They can actually use those dollars now to pay down student loans. Um, or, and, and the employer can actually match those dollars to help, again, get the, that employee, get that debt knocked down and get them into a, a financially healthier position. Oh, I like that. That's That's very, very creative. So I know also that in particular, Gen Z, there's a lot of talk about how conscious they are of mental health. And this has been prevalent in the, the Olympics that's been going on right now. Exactly. You, know, you know, people saying, hey, I'm not going to compete. It's too stressful. And, and these are the Gen Z folks. So how, how have you adapted benefits to address that? So I think that is really an important part, especially as we're looking at the, the entering the phase where we are bringing employees back into the office and trying to get back to what some people would refer to as the, the norm, the way it used to be. Um, and I think that that's something that you know every employer needs to be really focused on today as they bring people back. Is they, one of the first things they need to do is have a conversation with each of their employees and really be able to ascertain where are they from a mental health perspective to really understand 
you know, how has COVID in this past year, how's that really impacted them personally, uh, you know, within their family life, as well as from a professional standpoint. And I think as leaders, we have to try to help remove the stigma that's attached at this point to mental health, uh, which is usually in a negative context. Uh, we've got to be able to remove that and really open up the, the opportunity to have dialogue around what mental health is and, and the impact that it has had over the last year. And I think that you know when you when you start looking at the employees, we're gonna we're gonna get a lot more clarity on how much of an impact COVID and, and the tensions from 2020 has had. So I think we're, as we're looking at benefit packages for this next year, we're looking at adding additional resources that will make you know additional counseling and and, and uh, healthcare packages that will include the mental health components, so that you can actually go and get the treatment that you need. Uh, because right now, from studies that we've looked at, about 50% of people that actually have mental health issues are not coming forward. They're trying to deal with everything themselves. And so we've got to be able to open that up and, and expose that and, uh, and create the environment that will allow people to come out and to get those issues addressed. Definitely. I, I agree. And that leads me to ask about EAPs, Employee Assistance Programs. What are you, how do you, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, as you provide consulting, I'm sure you consider all these options for your clients. Yeah, we do. And then I think, Denise, that's one of those areas that um, I think that's almost been a throwaway benefit that a lot of employers have actually provided over the years. Um, for the most part, employees aren't even, for the most part, they don't know that they've got that available to them. So, you know, I think as we look at going forward, EAP still has a place because it does provide an opportunity to have some conversations with a counselor and, and to be able to identify and to get a little bit of help. But I think we've got to go much deeper than that in, the, in our benefit offerings. This is going to open this up so that rather than getting three conversations, we need to open this up so that it is almost on a copay basis, like we as if we were going to a to a doctor, you know, have a $15 or $20 copay that will allow, again, allow the employee to recognize they've got resources available and it's not going to be cost prohibitive for them to go and get treatment. Absolutely. And I, I've seen, so first from a business perspective, the EAPs are extraordinarily affordable. But again, if your employees don't know they exist, they won't use them. So they're also very underutilized, which is probably why they're so affordable. Right. Um, <laughs> and then secondly, you're right. I mean, an employee assistance program, depending upon what level you select, it's three to five visits at the most with a counselor, which, you know, if somebody truly is having some issues, that's not going to provide any, that's not going to provide an adequate level of, of, of relief and support for them. I completely agree with that. And, and I can tell you from my own personal story of, uh, of going through, I mean, going to counseling um, over the years, the three, really the first three to five sessions oftentimes is really just about unpacking. Uh, you really don't even get to the treatment phase of that. So I think, again, that's the reason I think we've got to open that up, make more more benefits and, and more sessions available to the, to the employees so that they can get the help. And, and I've seen a lot of um, counselors go online. Are, are there any innovations, uh, like BetterHelp is completely online, I believe. And I know one of my clients, she has a practice in Georgia, but she started an online um, counseling practice only for Georgia, the state of Georgia. So, I mean, a lot of practitioners are seeing that, hey, I need to be more versatile 
and be able to meet people when they're able to meet. But do you see any innovation as far as it comes to benefits on on maybe a way for employers to work directly with these versus not through insurance? That's a great question. Um, And I think that, yes, I I think the answer to the question is there's without question, they are coming up with some other solutions right now. In fact, I just saw a report uh, where JP Morgan is actually investing into a company today that's Mm going to provide a different structure for their, um, for healthcare benefits for their, some of their employees. And I think that we're going to start to see, uh, you know, more and more of options that are going to start becoming uh, available in the marketplace, especially over the next 12 to 24 months. So I've, for example, I've got a daughter-in-law in Virginia that does um, occupational therapy. And, you know, just from having conversations with her over this last year, she's gone to, you know, instead of meeting everybody in person, she's gone more to the telehealth side of things. Mm-hmm. And I think people are much more comfortable with that today. Um, to be able to, to go through and, and to meet with counselors and get treatment over the over the uh, using the web or using an app, um, I think the, the the challenge with that is is that in some cases it does limit the number of people that have access to that, and then also from a cost perspective, uh, you know I think we've got to look at ways to be able to to make that more uh, feasible for employees. Absolutely. So we've talked extensively about you know medical and healthcare. Um, mental health benefits in particular, what can, what other types of benefits? Cause I know there's other wellness, other financial benefits. What other types of benefits are common for your clients to, to need the consultation for? Well, you know, one of the things that we do a little bit different than a lot of other uh, benefit brokers that we, that we can really compete against is we try to take a comprehensive overview of, of an employee. So we want our clients to be able to see their people, not just from a physical health, but looking at physical health, mental health, social, and then financial wellness. And so I, we feel like that all of those components are all interlocked. And so one, if you're not feeling, if you're not doing well from a financial health perspective, that has an impact on your mental health as well as your physical health. And so we want to, you know, try to expand how we see the people and and be able to provide resources for that. So I think that's one key area that you know we want to continue to to develop as we move forward. But then I think from a, the different benefits, again, we've all generation by generation, we've all got different needs. Um, and so what we've continued to see though within the small and mid-sized marketplace is providing just one or two health plans with uh, maybe some dental and vision life insurance and then offering voluntary benefits. And again, I think that had a place in time, but where we are today going forward, I think we've got to almost open this up into more of a cafeteria style for the employees to be able to choose from. And so that goes you know, again from the long-term care um, you know, to looking at uh, the different medical plans from a very, very high deductible plan to a very low deductible plan, continuing to offer the dental and the vision. Uh, but then again, from the um, from mental health, and then I think the other key thing that we've got to incorporate into the benefit offering is also benefit education. That is a strategy that can be implemented and, and rolled out throughout the year. So that as we're providing newsletters or providing um, 
just you know updates to what's happening within the company each month or each quarter, we can also add in a benefits mm-hmm. section into that so that we're continuing to educate our employees on how to best utilize the benefits they have. So they understand they've got mental health through EAP or you know, how do I, how do I go about lowering my overall costs for um, a, a service that I need to have? You know, how do I go about what is understanding? What is a coinsurance? What is a deductible? Because studies have shown that we, we've got a lot of room for improvement just on the understanding of how to use our benefits more effectively. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And, and I'm all for employee education, whether that's on internal policies or in this case, health benefits. I, I think that's I think that's a good step for um, business owners to do regardless. Um, it's just it's wise. <laughs> it, it is. And then I think that's, you know, and that's just one of those areas where when we come, what happens a lot of times on the benefits enrollment, we flood the employees with data and information over about 30 days prior to the open enrollment period and expect them to read and understand everything that they have and to be able to make good decisions for on their behalf going forward. The reality is we if we take about 15 minutes on average to make our benefit elections every year when it comes to open enrollment. And the the easiest path is just to check the box that we've always on the benefits that we've always had, not mm-hmm. looking at the, the additional services that are being provided. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Chuck, it has been amazing having you on the show. Before we sign off, how can people reach out to you? So there's a couple of different ways they can connect with us. Uh, first is our website, which is whitewaterconsulting.net. And on there is a um, actually a box that they can put their information in if they would like a complimentary 30-minute consultation just to ask questions, bounce ideas off of, or you know, please fill that out and we will certainly um, get that scheduled with you. You can also reach out and connect with us on uh, all social media platforms from LinkedIn to Facebook to Instagram and Twitter. And then if anyone would like to reach out to me personally, they can reach out via email, which is chuck at whitewaterconsulting.net. That's perfect. Again, thank you so much for being on the show today. You've been an amazing guest. Thank you, Denise. It's been great being with you. Thank you for joining us for today's Nurture Small Business, Creating a Thriving Space podcast. Learn more about your host at dcavirtual.com or by emailing her directly at denise at dcavirtual.com.